to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. This episode is brought to you by She Leads Live. It's the conference for women entrepreneurs and leaders taking place in New York City on November 10th and 11th, 2022. We cannot wait to see you there. We're coming back after a couple of years taking off and we cannot wait to share our thoughts, our ideas and network with all of you live in New York City. So go out and get your tickets today. You can go to sheleadsmedia.com and look for She Leads Live 2022, or you can go over to Eventbrite where the tickets are sold. Just search She Leads Media and look for She Leads Live 2022. See you then. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I am so honored and excited today to welcome our guest, Her name is Kim Leoto, and she's the managing director of BMO. It's the sixth largest bank in North America, a very large financial institution with multiple divisions. Welcome to Sugar Coated Kim. Thank you. I'm so excited for our conversation to happen. You know, it's so important for women entrepreneurs to really understand their finances, their wealth position, and just how to sort of grow their businesses in general. And I think oftentimes we don't take uh, the, the time that's necessary to really educate ourselves around all of the different financial options that we have. So I'm so excited to just sort of talk about that. But before we do, uh, you are a leader of a major financial institution. And so I'd like to hear just a a little bit about your story and your background and how did you get to this leadership position at BMO? Well, thank you. I have been at BMO for 10 and a half years as a member of their commercial real estate team. And over those 10 and a half years, what I've really appreciated at BMO is, is their support and interest in advancing females in the organization. And so I have had the opportunity to rise to more meaningful leadership levels over the last 10 and a half years. I've been for five years running their commercial real estate business, and this year have taken on responsibility for a couple of other divisions within the commercial bank. So my success at BMO, a function of their support of women, of their recognition of hard work. Great. It's beautiful. How did you actually get into uh, banking in the first place? How you know? Did you go to school for finance? What? Let's take us back a little bit. Yeah, I uh, so so I went to school for accounting, uh, and really thought that I would go into public accounting. That that was sort of my plan, and it was important to me because I grew up the child of two school teachers who encouraged me to. 
think differently and think about opportunity. And I always wanted to live in Chicago. And so uh, accounting was something I was interested in. The jobs were plentiful and paid me enough to move to Chicago. That that was kind of my thought process when I yeah. got into accounting. I ended up never working in a, a true accounting job. And, and to that, I credit a college that offered recruiting and optionality. And I stumbled into a job, literally stumbled into a job in finance because I, I pursued all options available to me. And, mm. and I found a job at a finance company coming right out of college that, that hit all my boxes, right? It paid me enough. It was in Chicago. It was what led me down uh, the lending path versus and, and more finance oriented than accounting. Mm. But certainly the numbers and the business background helped me find the job. Well, uh, and I've loved it. I've stayed in it ever since. <laughs> that, yeah, so that speaks volumes. And I mean, I can uh, relate to you. Both of my parents were teachers as well. And I too, I went to my, I got my undergrad degree in economics and found my way into finance, uh, just like you, not at a, not at a bank, at, at a different type of a financial institution. But it seems like we, we sort of come from the same background a, a little bit yeah. and our, our paths are, you know, very different, which I think is um, just testament to what you, you know, go to school to study doesn't necessarily mean that that's the exact job that you're going to have when, when you get out of school for all of those people who are listening that, you know, think that they have to stick to what they sort of studied. Right. There's so much wisdom in being able to see opportunity and to, to take it and to see where that takes you in turn. Right. So I, I, I love that you said that your parents encouraged you to think differently which sort of got you here. And what I know about BMO is that the organization is committed to uh, thinking differently and to supporting entrepreneurs and more specifically, women entrepreneurs. So can you talk a little bit about BMO? And you had mentioned when we were first um, discussing this topic that you really feel that BMO is sort of ahead of was ahead of the curve when it came to support of women entrepreneurs. So can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I think what we believe at BMO and always have, that you have to be very intentional rather than maybe make big, big, bold proclamations. We try to, to be intentional. When I think about when I talk about intentional, it's 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 resources and it's capital and it's not just saying it but doing it. Having our U.S. headquarters in Chicago has admittedly created opportunities for us because we we teamed up in 2020 specifically with 1871, and so 1871 is a I'll call it uh, an incubator, uh, and it's it's located here in Chicago. So that was helpful, right? In, mm -hmm. in creating um, kind of that opportunity. And so we teamed up with 1871 with building um, a women in fintech program that BMO participates in. And we have every year since. And it's, it is a very specific and intentional program that BMO uh, puts money and resources towards. And 
It is a 12-week program. 1871 helps us to select uh, participants in that program. And for 12 weeks, we offer mentoring, we offer connections, we offer advice, and our own human resources uh, to help these women founders through the program. That's wonderful. It reminds me, I attended the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program back in 2018 now. It feels like uh, just yesterday, but it was a long time ago now. And it's very similar. And I think that I commend BMO for putting the the resources behind that because I, I do think that women need community and also mentorship and instruction in order to not only start these really innovative type of companies, but also to learn, you know, how do you go about growing and scaling these businesses? Um, and then I would think also, how do you get access to the capital that you need in order to continue that momentum? Right. So, yeah. And so the just a quick question uh, about the incubator and that program. So is that only for businesses that are in the Chicago area or is that all over the United States? People can participate. No, you know, it uh, it it started as more of a Chicago based program mm-hmm. uh, because if you think about it, it kicked off in 2020. I, I think it launched, if I'm not mistaken, it, it launched like April 2020. So so, you know, kind of participants were selected before we started to experience the lockdown effect of yeah. COVID, yeah. right? So that those initial were all Chicago-based. Mm-hmm. And 1871 was an on-site hub, right? Now, fast forward, the world has changed, right? Yep. <laughs> so yep. so mm-hmm. as often as I complain about virtual meetings, because I am of the generation that still, <laughs> I like to get together with people and I it's hard for me to communicate with my team all of the time, virtually, we did learn how to do it. Yeah. And, and so now what we have found, uh, the, the round of entrepreneurs that just participated with us in the program all over. Oh, great. Um, So, you know, for everything that maybe COVID took away from us, there were certainly some improvements to how we do our business and do it maybe with a a wider net. So it is U.S. focused. Great. And we have had entrepreneurs go through the program largely on a virtual basis. They, they, of course, we have been fortunate enough that the world opened up and, and we could spend some time face-to-face. Uh, but no, the requirements really are there is a woman founder and their focus is on, on fintech. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that, this is an incredible resource that I can't wait to share with the, the audience uh, because sometimes, you know, there are many of these incubator programs, but it's sort of few and far between to find a really great incubator program that is specifically focused on women entrepreneurs and then also in in fintech. And I think that fintech is such an incredible area for women to get into because it has the capability of allowing us to you know, design and develop new solutions that are more oriented toward women. Uh, the finance industry, as we both know, in the past, and you know, I, I think it's still like this in, in many places. It is heavily male dominated, 
So of course, the different products and solutions that are coming out of that industry are going to be I would say biased toward men. There's not a lot of uh, interesting fintech products that that feel inherently, you know, designed by a woman. So I'm right. really excited about this industry in general. And I know that we do have a lot of women in the She Leads community that are working in in this field. So I can't wait to sort of share this resource with them. Yeah. Is there anything else, uh, you know, that you could talk about where BMO helps uh, women entrepreneurs, whether that's from a financing perspective or, you know, like a, a maybe even a mentoring perspective, but like a business development perspective? Sure. So beyond some of the, the formal programs with 1871, like we talked about uh, just this year in 2022, BMO announced a commitment of $5 billion in capital that we have dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs. Mm. So there, uh, you know, sort of step outside of, of the fintech focus, we have, have been very, very committed and will continue to be in lending to women entrepreneurs. And that's really at, at all sizes. You'll, you'll find BMO very committed to providing capital to women owners, women founders in all industries. And, and very publicly. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So sometimes, uh, you know, what I hear from our audience or just from people that I that I speak to is that it's difficult to get access to financing. And there's a lot of advice that's out there that says, you know, uh, form a relationship with your local banker so that they truly understand, you know, who you are, what your business is about. When you have that more personal relationship, it's maybe easier that if you don't, you know, look perfect on paper, that the banker can uh, help you to do what you need in order to secure that financing. There's also, you know, just studies done that say that women have worse credit scores, which prevent them from getting access to this kind of capital. And one of the reasons is because they're using credit cards to fund their business. And, you know, a missed payment can severely damage your credit. And so because women don't have access to funding as readily, and then they're using a a vehicle like a credit card, they're harming their credit score, which then prevents them from the ability to even, you know, get the money in the first place. So it's this terrible, you know, cycle that happens. Do you have any advice for women that might either be stuck in that cycle or, you know, how can they set themselves up so that when they do approach BMO, that they are more likely to be approved for financing? Well, you know, here's what I would say. The truth is that a lot of entrepreneurs, men and women, don't show up with the best FICO score, <laughs> okay? Because they are yeah. <laughs> they are using um, any and all resources they can find. Oftentimes, as you point out, they will rely on on credit card debt. So, what I I think the bigger issue is women have a harder time promoting themselves and maybe being transparent. Okay, mm. so I, I would encourage people to. Be willing to have those personal conversations with their banks, with their lenders. Understand that their lenders will listen to a story. Okay, like, mm. I, it's it's not just FICO score. It's it's not all just credit score. Be willing to present your story. 
and not apologize for it, not feel bad about it, be rational and open and honest with your lenders. I think another issue is oftentimes when uh, women entrepreneurs show up, they're not talking to me. They're talking to a male. And and that mm-hmm. sometimes impacts the how the story is told. And so I'm super mm-hmm. excited because I happen to think I work for an organization that has been uh, very progressive in promoting women in the organization. There are more and more women in banking. And so I think that the ability to tell the story and the narrative and do it safely with people that you trust and maybe look more like you uh, will be helpful too. Yeah. So is is that something, uh, I guess it's dependent upon the area where, you know, BMO has uh, branch locations um, or even if it's, uh, you know, over the phone, how can women, if if they are sort of assigned a banker who is a, a male, would it be looked down upon to say, you know, I'd really, you know, you're you're great. <laughs> I'd really love <laughs> to be able to um, just kind of share my story and connect with a, a female banker. Is that something that we can even ask for? Yeah, it, it, that might be a little bit more challenging. But, you know, what I would also say is use all the resources available, right? Mm. There's LinkedIn. There are ways to make connections. Talking from to someone who generationally didn't grow up with social media and the technology that exists today, I know for myself, I've been able to figure out how to to navigate some of that and use it to my advantage. And I would just say, I'm amazed by women entrepreneurs. I am not an entrepreneur. Uh, They are risk takers, Mm -hmm. smart people with great ideas. Apply that to how you find financing. Yeah. So look around, look on LinkedIn. I get all kinds of messages from people who... Find me on LinkedIn, and I might not be the right resource for them, but I can help them find the right resource. So do not be beholden to walking into a branch and randomly working with the person maybe sitting at the desk that day. Yeah. And and not that that, I mean, we, we have great people in our in our branches, ready, willing, and able to help people. I think that the same intentionality that BMO applies to committing resources to women entrepreneurs, they have to be intentional as well when they think about capitalizing their businesses, whether it's through investors or through lenders. Be just as intentional about that and think about it and find those resources. That's such a terrific message to sort of tap into your problem-solving abilities and everything that makes you a wonderful entrepreneur and apply that um, in the world of finance as well. There's definitely no doubt about the fact that finance is scary uh, for a lot of women, which is, I think, what you mentioned before, you know, be transparent. I think it's tough for us to have confidence in our story and and the numbers because there is a lot of shame around money, making decisions because we have to. And so it does feel shameful almost to sort of reveal maybe some of the things that we 
did that we didn't want to do. But I, I do think that this is such an incredible message for everybody to hear. Like, don't be afraid share your story, do it anyway, which is what you need to do as an entrepreneur. It it, it is exactly what you have to do as an entrepreneur. And, And you know, it's funny because, you know, not to make it just about males and females, but a male would walk in and tell you how proud they are that they started that business and used credit cards. Yeah. Right. Because they, they think it shows entrepreneurship that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like they'll tell you they opened multiple right. credit cards to pay for it all. Right. And they were just right. maxing every one of them out. Right. And a, a woman kind of <laughs> apologizes for it because it, it impacts their credit score. So changing that dialogue and that narrative a little bit. I agree. I, I, I just really love this message so much. So this $5 billion in capital that's dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs, is that sort of money that's set aside to specifically fund uh, women's businesses? Is that something that's available as, let's say, you know, supporting different programs or initiatives that others are putting into place? Can you talk a little bit about what that actually means? Well, I guess it means yes to everything. <laughs> so, mm. so what we're trying to do is that that is a lot of money. Some of that is in support of the program at 1871 that we talked about. Sure. Then some of it will be specifically to women entrepreneurs doing things outside of fintech. And some of it will be grants and and support of organizations supporting women. So, uh, it's that's a hard question to answer because we want that money to make its way and be as resourceful as possible. It will be invested and distributed I, I, very, very, very broadly. Uh, hopefully, that answers it. Yeah, no. The the reason that I'm asking it is because you know this this podcast is called Sugar Coated, right? And so yeah. we really want to make sure that that we are uncovering and and teasing apart what some of these things mean. Because as you know, there are a lot of companies out there that say that they are committed to women entrepreneurs, that they're committed to to women, and they will either only fund a nonprofit organization or they will only fund something that sort of you know looks good. So I I really like to uh, push maybe a little bit into the zone of the uncomfortable so that I can truly understand, you know, what does that mean? And especially for women that are doing great things, you know, there are so many women that are in the the She Leads community that are doing incredible things. Like there is somebody that's speaking at our conference, which is happening in in November, and she is a single mom in here in, in New York, and she created the Mom Film Fest. And so the whole mission behind that, and it's a for-profit organization, but the mission behind that is to get, you know, mom filmmakers making films and providing the outlet to share their films with with the world. So, you know, an organization, a company, it's a company like that is, I think, you know, very worthy. But if, you know, a lot of times, and I've experienced this myself, I'm a for-profit organization, and when I reach out to some of these companies that say that they support women, they close the door on me because I'm not a nonprofit organization. And I think that that sends a very wrong message to a lot of women entrepreneurs that are, you know, they're committed to purpose and profit, 
we need as women to be able to have access to money. It money is power. Money, yeah. you know, moves markets and and raises communities and does so much to help, but we can't do it constantly begging um, and turning right. all of our, our, our brilliant solutions into nonprofit organizations is just not going to move us forward. So, well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, both in terms of your comment of, gee, a lot of companies saying a lot of good things, but what's yeah. it actually mean? Right. Yeah. And yeah. some of our, our efforts are very public, right? Like the, the FinTech program that we've talked enough about, but others are are maybe, you know, less identifiable. And, and we're of the mindset that this is about building equity. It really yeah. is. And through the FinTech program, the, the women are certainly building for-profit ventures. We are helping them raise capital for those businesses. And that is, is certainly very focused. We will support nonprofits as well. And, and, you know, we do some grassroots stuff too. So at Summerfest, are you familiar with Summerfest? No. So, okay, so Summerfest is a, a big week-long music festival in Milwaukee every summer. And we are a big sponsor of Summerfest. And part of Summerfest includes some vendors. Yeah. Many of those vendors, we're very focused on finding vendors that are women-owned yeah. uh, companies. And they are, are selling products that you know, maybe they're selling candles, maybe they're selling jewelry. These are just starting out women entrepreneurs at the very kind of base level. I love that. Um, and they're they're interested in, in, and again, we're not talking about loans from BMO to these folks, but our support of Summerfest supports being able to offer that kind of opportunity and growth and building out their businesses that's why when you ask, you know, the five, it, it goes a lot of places and it will support for-profit, not-for-profit, big, small, first round, um, you know. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And, and so that's what I think is really, I, I would, you know, I want the message around BMO's commitment to this to be, we don't think it's, it's one solution. We're very proud of everything that we're doing and supporting as many women entrepreneurs but but you know their their goals and their businesses are going to all look a little bit different yeah that's so wonderful to hear and thank you so much for just sharing all of that because really you don't you don't hear that you know in in the media in the press release it doesn't really go into that kind of detail and i i know that i appreciate that very much and i know that our our audience will appreciate that very much too and i'm going to ask you another question you know of course the milwaukee uh, festival it sounds amazing so many people coming together which does give an incredible opportunity for these women to you know sell what what they what they've made their makers i'm so committed to uh, sort of going back to that um, because there's such beauty in in everybody putting their their heart and their soul into that that product that they're making and some of these larger companies like Amazon or Amazon, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, doesn't always has sort of maybe made it very difficult for some of these creative individuals to make it. 
if a woman like I'm I'm just using the mom film fest as as an example, mm-hmm. if somebody like the the mom film fest wanted to inquire about uh, support for her company, how would she go about? And this this goes for everybody, right? How you're going to get flooded with with inquiries, <laughs> um, but how how would how would someone go about? Uh, sort of just reaching out, letting you know their their story and and how uh, BMO could potentially help them boost up what what it is that they're doing. So again, you know, I don't know. You you'll probably get tired of hearing me say it, but a little bit of of intentionality behind it all, right? Um, so yep. I would I would encourage people with BMO do a little bit of research on BMO. It matters to us that you know us when you come mm-hmm. to us, right? So lots of resources, check out our website and the website will help direct people perhaps to the right individuals. You'll know something about your business. Uh, you can look at the the products and, and businesses that BMO has options for and find the right person. I'd say, you know, do a little bit of research on that person on LinkedIn too, before you reach out to them. And again, it's just thinking about that that entry point and really showing up prepared. Uh, so I'd say a little bit of homework before you you start the outreach will be helpful. And then uh, you're going to get a, a you're, certainly you're going to have someone who wants to listen to that uh, when you get here. So I would just I guess that's where I would start. And again, being intentional about it and being prepared. And, you know, nothing bothers me more than getting a phone call from someone that, you know, clearly found my phone number or found my email, but doesn't know anything about me, doesn't know that what I know, and they're not prepared. And I can tell. So set yourself up for success, right? There is some things people can do to pave the way for more success. But as you, as you said so well, capital is so critical. Mm. to the success of a business that that you've got to think about it. You've got to uh, be smart about it and prepare for it and prepare for those conversations. Yeah, I love this. It's preparation and intentionality. Uh, and then I think also vulnerability in being able to share your challenges and and your story as well, the 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 good and and the bad. I think yeah, that's yeah. An incredible, incredible advice. And I really appreciate you spending the the time and giving us a, a lot of background about yourself and about BMO and the different programs. I know for for me, this has been, really incredible, very eye-opening. And I am guilty of sometimes doing a, a outreach, especially when I'm very committed to my outcome without taking the required time that I think is absolutely critical. And and maybe instead of reaching out to so many, reaching out to, you know, a, a handful or 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 a little bit more than that. But having spent that other time really doing that background and that research. Um, this is good advice, I think, in general, right? Not just for reaching out to sort of ask about how can I get financing, but even, you know, strategic partnerships or just developing relationships with somebody that could be really good for your your business. Um, yeah. Taking the time to do that research is is critical. And I, I love the word, you know, with intention um, and the intentionality behind things. I think that people can 
recognize how genuine that is. And and people do business with other people, right? It's like BMO as a company is, is a brand, but you're going to be connecting with the person like you who is the representative of the brand. And you want to make sure that you feel that someone took enough time to care also about you. It's always a two-way, yeah. always a two-way street. So Kim, I just appreciate you and I appreciate the time that you've spent with me here today. And I just, uh, I, I would love for uh, people if they, if they did want to maybe, you know, reach out and connect with you, uh, just to sort of share where, where they can do that. Uh, sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Kim Leoto at BMO. Find me on LinkedIn. That is the best way. And I, um, I do pay attention. It is the only social media that I really pay attention to. So you can find me there. And I promise that I will be helpful. And if I'm not the right resource, uh, we'll find some resources that, that are the right ones. Wonderful. Well, Kim, thank you so much and have a beautiful rest of the day. Very good. Thank you very much. It was nice to meet you. You too. The She Leads Podcast Network.